Well, hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Women Teaching Women podcast. I'm so excited and also honored and humbled and grateful and all of the things that you are joining me on this journey today. My name is Hannah Shanks and I am your host and I'm, I just can't wait for us to begin our exploration of the powerful and transformative stories that our guests will share as we get going with this podcast so that we can teach other women how we have met Jesus and what he has done in our lives and how the study of God's word specifically has interrupted and transformed our stories. Today, we're going to hear from our very first guest. I cannot imagine a better first guest. She's a dear friend and a remarkable woman and believer, Miranda Hazlem. Um, she is going to tell her story of how she went from being a practicing new age pagan who was opposed to God and opposed to Christians in the Bible and how God interrupted her and her husband's life in 2020 and radically saved them and the transformation and the life change that has come from that. And I know you're going to be so encouraged and so inspired and fall in love with Miranda and her story. She has the purest heart and she speaks with conviction and passion and urgency, which we talk about a lot in this episode. And I know that her story is going to illuminate to us the need, the desire to spend time with the same God that met and interrupted her life and has completely transformed her life and her husband's life in so many ways in the past five years to meet the same God in his word that she met. And that's my hope and prayer for this podcast, that every episode as you hear a woman talk about how she met Jesus and how he entered her life and how the study of his word has interrupted and transformed her story in some impactful way, that you are inspired and encouraged to go back to God's word and seek the same God that she did. I know that many of us are in the middle of desperate situations and very challenging life circumstances. And sometimes sitting down to read the Bible feels like, what is the point? And so my hope and prayer is that this Women Teaching Women podcast, we can teach each other and encourage each other that that the true path to life transformation is that daily encounter and meeting God in his word. His word is where the transformation happens. And I know that that can sometimes be a challenging habit to get into and it can feel dull and it can feel dry. And my goal and my vision is to keep encouraging us to press on and to lean into his word and to make it the priority that it needs to be. And so I'm so excited to share Miranda's story with you and for you to hear from her. Let's dive in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the very first episode of Women Teaching Women. I am so excited today to launch this in January. This has been a dream on my heart for several months, actually. The Lord gave me the idea to have a podcast where women could share their God stories and what the Lord has done, how they have met Jesus Christ and given their life to him, and also the importance that God's word has been placed in their hearts. I know that there are stories that need to be told from women who walk daily with the Lord and know how important it is to meet with him on a regular basis. And I cannot wait to start this journey of allowing women all over from all walks of life. You don't have to have 100,000 followers. You don't have to have any followers, but you do have a testimony. And I want to give people a place where they can share their stories and what God has done for them. And so I had this idea several months ago and God told me to wait. <laughs> and I was really bummed because I wanted to start immediately, but in God's perfect timing, I needed to lay the groundwork of the Women Teaching Women podcast and I needed to let him make the arrangements. And so several months ago, not several months ago, maybe a month or two ago, I was really praying about, I was stuck, you guys, on who to have as my first podcast guest. I had so many ideas, but every time I would go to to message somebody or write their name down, it just didn't seem right. Um, and I knew that I just needed to pray more for God to show me the right person to be this very first episode guest. And so one day I was on a walk in my neighborhood and my friend Miranda came to mind and I immediately knew, immediately knew this is the first guest for the Women Teaching Women podcast. Miranda and I have been friends since 2021. We met in a coaching group that we did together for a couple of years, and we formed a fast friendship, even though 
we had never met in person before. She lives in Washington state and I live in Kansas city. Um, and so it, it was actually, we were probably friends for over a year before we ever met in person. Um, and so we had kind of an online relationship, but we identified on each other a lot of the same values, a lot of zeal for the Lord and for his word and for our relationship with Christ. And when you find somebody that you align with, I don't know if you've ever had this experience when you find somebody you align with online and you can tell that they're a special friend, you hang on tight to those people. And so Miranda and I have held on tight to each other, even though we sometimes don't text each other back for a few weeks and <laughs> sometimes we disappear for a few months and then we come back. Uh, but every time we're together, the conversation is so rich. And Miranda has been a believer in Jesus for less than five years. And so I wanted to give her a chance to share her testimony. This is actually the first time, I believe, at least on this type of um, format, that she's sharing how she came to know Christ, what he's done in her life. And I'm just really excited for you guys to hear her story and what God has done. It's my hope as you hear these stories that you hear what God has done for another woman and you walk away knowing that if you seek the same God, he can do something amazing in your life too. And so without any further uh, introduction, Miranda, I would love for you to introduce yourself. Tell us a little about who, about who you are. And then I want to hear your before and after meeting Jesus. What was your life before? How, what were the events that took place that led you to put your faith in Christ? And what was life like after that? Okay, well, first I want to say thank you, Hannah, for your obedience, oh. <laughs> listening to God, hearing hearing him say my name um, and following through and for opening up this platform to me. I am so excited to share a little nervous, but I am very excited. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I was radically saved in 2020. It was April of 2020. Um and prior to that, I'm gonna let that, I, I'm gonna let that sink in for people like April of 2020. If you can take yourself mentally back to what was going on in April of 2020. Okay. <laughs> Before you move on, I just want us to take a moment for, for what that, what was going on in the world and in people's lives and hearts in that moment. That's amazing. Okay. Keep going. Sorry. Um, and well, I guess I'll just a little bit about me now. Uh, I am 33 years old. I'm a mom of four. Um, married. My husband and I have been married for 12 years now, live in Washington state, like you said. Um, and fun fact, uh, my husband and I actually got radically saved together. It was at the same time, um, something that we still hold to be true is that God moves in unity. That is so important. Um, and so that's been something that I often reflect on with my testimony recently in this last year, especially as we've been praying for, God to just really speak to us and keep us in unity. Um, it's brought me back to that pivotal point when I got saved and how even back then he was moving in unity for us. So I just, I love that. Um, all right. So dive in. <laughs> um, I was raised, I wouldn't say raised. I was not raised in a Christian home. Um, I was raised in a very loving home. I was raised in a healthy home for the most part. Um, and, you know, my parents in and out, we were in church here and there, but Christ was never, um, never the central focus of our life growing up. Um, you know, we, we tried different churches, we plugged in for a season, but it was more of like, like a weekend activity, more of a, just a community type of thing. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, like really walking with the Lord daily. Yeah. Um, and that fell away. I mean, I really only remember a couple short years of, of that and that fell away pretty quickly. And then, you know, my teen years growing up, um, were pretty broken. There was a lot of, um, just damage there, like from marriage and divorce with my parents, there was a lot um, of rebellion for me. I dove into like massive rebellion, um, which that is kind of like a whole nother side of my testimony that I can share eventually, but I want to focus on the more recent in the last 15 years. So um, yeah, a lot of rebellion there. And then I actually met my husband when I was 20 okay. and we very quickly, like we knew okay, this is it. Like you're the one we dove in like three months. We were together. We got engaged very quickly. We got married a year later. Um, and then really like, we've just been on this journey the last 13 years together and 
had um, our first daughter we had really young. I think I was 23 when I had her. Um, and it was shortly after that, within a couple of months of having her, that I can go back and I had um, what I would describe as, I think the start actually of like an epiphany or spiritual revelation. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I was very much diving, starting to dive into new age and God was not on my radar at all. I was very much into like the pagan lifestyle. I was very much into the sacred birth um, realm. That is a whole nother piece of this. So, you know, we, we homeschool, we home birth, we do all the home things. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that time, 10 years ago, there was a movement emerging called sacred. I think it was sacred, sacred birth. Um, and it was all very like pagan rooted with the home birth homeschool movement. So you have like these two very different ways of doing things, you know, um, I think we're really seeing that right now, which is interesting to me. Um, these radical stark opposites, like you have the home birth community that's very much into this new age rooted stuff. And then you have like the Christian. Yeah. Um, and so had this epiphany like I had this moment where I was like you know why 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 am I living this way like everything is so indoctrinated like it was a beautiful moment that I was having only I took it and went like the complete opposite way of God um and so I look back and I think there was a lot there where God was trying to like whisper (laughs) to me and I took it and just went the opposite direction and I was like I want nothing to do with God, God's not real. I don't believe in him. None of this is real. And Mm -hmm. so I started diving into like pagan communities, identifying as a pagan. I started to raise our daughter at that time that way, um, doing the crystals. I mean, I was diving into anything and everything I could find that made me feel like I was part of a community, made me feel like I had some kind of control. I could manipulate the universe right? Like I could do that. I could manifest and manipulate. I could write and cast spells. I could do all these things. And it gave me a sense of power and identity, I think, looking back. Um, And it's so hard now because I'm so in love with the Lord. So it's almost hard even to find the right language to to do justice. I think that's part of why I've held back for so long. I've been so nervous to even face some of these things because there is um, still some levels of embarrassment in a sense that I know I've got to get past. And God has been so good to me in that. Um, and I know that I'm free from those things without a shadow of a doubt, but it is definitely a different uh, level to, to step into and start sharing that openly because it's not a place that I ever want to go back to. And it's not a place that I want to see women stuck in and yeah. I just see rampant now so much. And so, um, it is a little bit hard to go back there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think things really took a turning point. Um, it was probably like 2017, 18 when I was like, I would say what I was really deep into everything new age I started like charging my crystals under the moon I was going to rock and gem shows I was really starting to network with people and get involved in the witchcraft aspect identifying as a witch um getting the books I mean just everything and anything like I I bought a deck of tarot cards I was learning how to read them I was learning how to like um just manifest that energy and beginning to see things that in my mind I thought were beautiful and wonderful, right? Like I'm so deceived at this point in time. So I'm seeing what I now know are demonic entities. I'm, I'm literally seeing in the physical, I'm seeing physical manifestations at this point of energy shifting, moving entities on our property, in our home, hearing things, visualizing things, having just intense episodes of what is called sleep paralysis if you're not familiar with that, um, it's definitely a demonic, um, experience. I have seen demons. I've been, I've had demons, um, on my chest in my sleep. I have seen them with my eyes wide open. Uh, it's all very real, (laughs) you know, all these things are so real and it's so interesting to look back and in the same breath, 
I would openly denounce God. I was looking at Christians and I'm like, these silly people, they're so deceived. This God they call on, they're so deceived. Meanwhile, I'm seeing these demons and I believe that there's this evil and somehow I'm able to twist this demonic energy in my mind to being light. And isn't that Satan's way, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and involving our children at the time. So then we had my son at this point in time. Um, he was born in 2017 okay. and he was a home birth in this home. And it's, it definitely his birth um, and what I would say I infused into that and manifested into that. We felt that spiritually in our home and it was very heavy and it was very dark. And I still was so deceived and believed that all of it was, was light. Um, and then, you know, we, Robert started pursuing some different things with his career, flash forward a couple years. I'm still like, I'm saging everything. I'm crystals everywhere. I'm doing all the things. At this point, I'm like, we're learning pagan holidays. I'm infusing that into our lifestyle deeply. Um, and still all the while just laughing at Christians in my life. And I had Christian friends at this point in time. Um, and just, I mean, really, I just laughed at them. I just thought they were ignorant. I thought <laughs> that they were foolish for, um, preaching God's word, believing God's word, believing in God. And my favorite slogan was that the Bible was just written by man to control man. Hmm. That's all it was just useless gibberish written to just control men by other men. Um, and it was in 2020, Robert, um, was competing at the winter X games. So we were in Aspen, Colorado, and he, he, this was his third year competing and we're standing on this mountain. Okay. It's dark. It's freezing cold. And one of the other athletes wives comes up to me and the guys are about to go on. Like it's, it's, live tv it's this point in time where it's so intense like the energy is so intense and everybody's nervous and it had been an absolute battle getting to this point this year mm -hmm. um just injury and just so many things like mechanically with his bike and all this all of this chaos and i'm at home while he's training and i'm just like tarot carding it up i'm reading his cards and i'm just like worshiping Satan at this point, you know, and I'm like, Oh, the cards are saying this, the cards are saying this, just keep doing this. This is what your cards say. And I'm putting all this energy out and standing on this mountain in the dark. Now it's go time. And one of these wives comes up to me and she's like, Hey, have you ever read this book? It's called embraced by the light. And I remember thinking, is she serious right now? Like this is the <laughs> <laughs> possible time to ask me if I have read this book. And I remember thinking like, I'm so annoying right now, but it's not like me to have that on my face, you know? So I'm hiding my annoyance and I'm like, nope, nope, I haven't. I've, I've not ever read this book. And she's like, you've got to read this book. It's life-changing. Um, and at this point I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. I'll read the book, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's Robert's turn to go. He goes and on live TV just obliterates himself mm -hmm. and it's obviously snowing, it's 10 degrees, it's freezing, and everything just goes silent. Oh my God. And I remember at that point, I think I might have been in shock, but I just had this strange peace. Like I I don't I it's I wish I could put it into words, but I had this strange sense of peace. And I've watched the video a million times, you know, he should have snapped his neck. I mean, we we've watched it so many times. And I remember after the fact him making a comment that that it just felt like he was being looked out for. And Robert had never, like he had never really jumped on board with the pagan stuff. He was kind of guilty by association and he'd never really said he believed in God, but he didn't, didn't not believe. Like it was just a very weird thing. We just kind of didn't talk about it up to that point. Like our marriage was fine. Everything was fine. Our family was fine, but we just sort of had these two different beliefs and didn't really talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, and flash forward a couple of months, he would get ready to go back on tour. And then the world came to a screeching halt. Mm -hmm. And in that time, like in March, we had had our eyes open to a few things just going on in the world. And like I said, if you go back a decade, 
I was already unraveling a lot of things. I already did things different than the world. And I was raised, um, there's a few things that, you know, my mom had already instilled in me that were different from the secular world. They were not necessarily Christ-based, but they were for sure set apart from the world. And that foundation was there. And so in that sense, I had already unraveled a lot of like ways of living in the world. Mm-hmm but I was missing this piece of Christ. I denounced that piece of Christ. That is just the one piece I refuse to hold on to. Um, and so, you know, we have this kind of weird thing happen in January and flash forward, the world starts shutting down and we just start feeling things shift. Like internally things start shifting for us. And we were in Arizona when, you know, the, everything happened with COVID and we weren't really sure what we were going to come home to, what we were going to be driving home to in Washington. And Washington was the first state to shut down. Yeah. And so those first two weeks of the shutdown, we weren't here. And so we're like, okay, what's, what's going to happen, you know? So we start driving home and, um, we get here and it was within 10 days of being home. I started to have just some very strange, spiritual things happen. And at that time I did not have the language that I have now, but it was absolutely God knocking on the door so loud. Um, I began to have a peace that definitely surpassed all understanding, especially at that point in my life, I hadn't picked up a Bible. I didn't know what that was. Um, but I had this patience and this peace that was just glorious. (laughs) It's the best way I can put that. Um, with my children, with my husband, just patience and peace. And in that time, it was about a two week window. I started to get an image of the cross in my mind Mm. and I couldn't shake it. And I had this physical urge to get to my knees and pray. And I remember feeling this frustration because I'm like, what is this? Pray to who? I don't believe in God. You know, why do I keep seeing the cross everywhere? This isn't for me. I don't want this. Like it won't go away. And a few days in, I'm like, this is driving me crazy. Pray to who? Why would I get ever, ever submit in a way on my knees to God, you know, is what is this? And two weeks of just this, what felt like craziness. Um, and I couldn't get rid of it. And so I finally walked into our kitchen, actually right where I'm sitting now. I didn't even plan that. That's so funny. Um, at our kitchen island. And I looked at my husband and I just said, we have to talk. And, you know, the world's upside down and we don't really know what's happening. And he just stares at me and he's like, okay, all right. Like, where are you going with this? And I just stood there and I took a breath and I said, I think that I believe in God. And he just stared right back at me and his face turned white. Hmm. And he said, me too. Oh, wow. And at that point, we just broke down. I mean, he was bawling. I was bawling. It was this very emotional, literal come to Jesus moment for us. Um, and wow. yeah. And I mean, from there, I, just this, the, it was just fire. That is the best way I can describe it. It was like a fire was lit and it was a wildfire burning out of control in the best way. Um, it wasn't even an hour before he called someone that he knew was a strong, um, Christian his entire life and also in the motorsports industry, um, and in ministry. And so Robert went right to him and he's like, Hey man, like, I think I believe in Jesus. Like, here we are. Like, I, I think that this is God, like, help me. What do I do? You know? Um, and I called like four different people I knew at that point in time. And I was like, I believe, <laughs> right? Like we just had this crazy radical encounter where we just, God, God's real. We know he's real and we want more of him. What do I do now? Yeah, what's next? Um, and I look back at that and it just makes me laugh. Like I feel nothing but a giddy joy in my heart um, because he is so real. Um, and so we had some wonderful friends at that point in time that were like sending us Bibles. Like they just kept coming in the mail. Right. So I have a friend who sent like a couple different books. She sent me the case for Christ, mm-hmm. uh, kingdom of the cult, and then a Bible. And she's like, I put all these little tabs on it. They might be messed up, but I just wanted you to have it. And I wanted it to have the tabs and 
Um, no. That came in the mail, and then the spread. That's of a bold that- move to send somebody brand new Kingdom of the Cults. I have to say that is a <laughs> that is a good friend. Props to your friend for sending you that kind of meaty okay. book. It's right no on. wonder I okay. am the way that I am. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, so she, she sends me that care package, and then um, this buddy of Robert sent him. Oh gosh, what is it called? The I think it's called the um, Evidence Bible, which. He right. has now, over the last four years, sent to multiple men um, cool. in his life that have, you know, said, hey, I'm struggling. How can, is there anything that you can offer me advice-wise? And Robert's like, yes, let me send you this Bible. And so it's just really become a symbol in that, in that way, like these specific Bibles, even, you know, it's just neat. It's, it's been really cool um, to be able to watch that over the years, yeah. how it's carried on in that way. Um, and everyone finds a Bible that they like and that they love, you know, that's for them, different versions. Everybody likes different versions and things, but these, these specific books and Bibles have just been a very big part of our walk. So it's been kind of fun in that way. Um, and yeah, so from that point forward, um, Robert, I would say took the lead as far as reading God's word. He just dove in that Bible came and my husband just dove in. Um, all in. And I was kind of like, I struggled a little bit. I just was more like Googling and fluffy, <laughs> like, you know, things yeah. like that. Um, watching documentaries, Case for Christ. I did not really dive into the word at that point. And my biggest complaint was that I didn't have a Bible that I liked, which now, I mean, it makes me chuckle now. But I was like, I just don't. I don't know, like, I don't know what version and I don't know what I'm going to like. And yeah. um, a friend actually sent me a Bible and it was one of those like coloring Bibles, yeah. you know, uh-huh. like, got the, and it had my name engraved on it. Like oh, so wow. nice. I was so grateful, but it, it was like hot pink. And I still just was like, not <laughs> like, I, I couldn't get into it. You know, yeah. I was just struggling in that regard. Um, and then I finally did start to dive in. I got a, um, I was reading the King James version and that's where I was like struggling, stumbling a little bit. And so then I got new King King James version and was reading Roberts a lot. And I liked it because it had questions and commentary and it was, it was great for as a beginner to, to dive in that way. Um, and it was about a year before we would find like a church that we actually wanted to be a part of locally. That first year was really keep in mind, like that was still 2020. So we yeah. also lost everything through this. We lost uh, the business that we had built. Um, we lost friends. We lost family. That's a whole other side. You know, um, we have this radical encounter. We are like total Jesus freaks. And then we don't have the same beliefs as the world either with the pandemic. <laughs> uh-huh. And so there was just a lot moving that first year, a lot happening in our life. Um, and ironically, it was actually revelation that, pulled Robert in. That was really um, what he started to study first. And yeah, everybody's got their opinion about that. But you know what? It's what brought him closer to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really he he um yeah, I can't say enough about that, but I will I will not go off on that tangent. Um I'm trying to think what it would be like to read Revelation for the first time in 2020 after you were radically saved. And your entire world has shifted and everything you think and believe has shifted in a moment. And then reading the word for the first time, that's like a transformational experience. I love that. Um, Okay. So I would say since I've known you, I didn't even know you were a baby Christian when we first met. I thought you were this like seasoned believer who'd been walking with the Lord for a long time, just because of the way that you presented yourself and your faith. And it wasn't until I knew you for quite a while that you were like, no, I've actually like, we got saved in 2020. Like I've not, I've not even known the Lord that long. Like this is all still very new to us and we're still figuring things out. And so I, I've always noticed and said about you that there seems to be like a fast track to maturity that you guys took. And, um, I'm just curious if you noticed that yourself, like if you feel like we didn't stay in this like newborn Christianity phase for very long and what that looked like for you guys to experience that where you're like, I don't feel like a baby Christian necessarily because of the path that the Lord took us on. Yeah. I would say that's actually been one of the biggest hurdles in our walk. Um, and I, I want to like do this justice and remain in humility as I speak about this. 
Um, but that is actually one of the biggest struggles that we faced in these last few years is um, really seeing a difference in the bride of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when we're seeking out like wisdom, I'm like, where's all the tightest two women, <laughs> you know, like, where are they? And where's the yeah. urgency that has been the biggest thing is urgency because, you know, we got saved and I feel like the Lord just, it was like layer after layer was beginning to be unveiled so quickly and we were here for it. And that's one thing like Robert and I have always been very all in with everything. We're like all or nothing people. So it makes me laugh because I'm like, of course we would get like radically saved. It would not be this little, like, let's just tiptoe in. But if you've known us, you know, this long, I think for, for people, even, even friends that aren't believers, that aspect, like they're not surprised by, because that's just the way that we're built and God designed us that way. Right. That's right. (laughs) Very zealous and on fire and all in. And so I have, I know, I I don't want to speak too much for him, but, um, you know, this urgency in my heart for the Lord and for his people and for the times that we're living in, I cannot imagine living without that urgency. Like the bride has to be ready. That is how I operate. I just, that that's it. Like we need to be ready or or lamps have to be filled with oil at all times. And for me, I have struggled finding, um, community and just finding other believers and mentorship, I guess, maybe would be the right word, or just that older, wiser wisdom that we see in scripture um, of believers that are not asleep to God's word, that are not asleep to the times that we're living in and that urgency. Um, That has been a struggle for sure. We very quickly saw that being a Christian, um, there's, there's two different types of Christians, you know? And like I said, I don't want to come from any kind of a place of like, I don't, I don't want to sound, um, judgmental or condescending in any way. I just, you know, coming from a background of new age and being a pagan and seeing that like the devil is absolutely very real. I also think that's a part of this urgency that I feel because the freedom that we have experienced in Christ, the deliverance we've gone through, the way that he has radically transformed our life, our children, our family, how he's healed things. I mean, I, I, I just, everybody's got to know people need to know. And so, you know, being in this place of seeing the body, the bride of Christ, um, half, half of them asleep and then half of them awake. Like it's, it's just, that has been a little bit difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think because we have fresh eyes in his word, right? Like we haven't been lulled to sleep and just kind of been like, oh, God is good. You know, he's great. Like we are not in this lulled sleeping state. I think that that's where we see this divide so much. I hope that answers that question. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Okay. So you, you shared with me that you kind of had your initial, um, come to Jesus experience in 2020. And then you said that in around November of 2022, you experienced another monumental shift in your faith. And I'd like for you to kind of unpack that for everybody and share that part of your story as well. Yeah. So November of 22, Robert was on tour. Um, He rides motorcycles for a living. So (laughs) just so that makes sense. So he had an event. (laughs) I keep saying that and I'm like, oh, well, um, he had an event in Fort Worth, Texas. And, um, when he's out on tour, like he's gone every weekend, I mean, 40 plus weekends, 45 weekends of the year. Um, and so in that way, like, you know, church on Sundays has been hard for him. He's not able to attend our local church. Um, but he will take the time each week to find a church that's in these cities that he's traveling to and find a service he can attend. So he'll Uber there or whatever. And, he found a church um, in Fort Worth that Sunday. They had an early enough service. And so he attended and he ended up having this just beautiful, miraculous Jesus encounter um, at the altar for two hours. And I, you know, I looked at my phone, time change, two hour time change. And so I'm getting up, I'm getting the kids ready for church here. And I've got this just smattering of messages from him. And he's like, telling me all these things. And he's like, the Lord spoke this. He said this, my heart is just so broken open for him. I mean, it was beautiful. 
So he comes home from this and I'm like, what, where was this like place that you were at? Tell me about it, you know? And um, they, they actually have an online campus. And so that was great. So we, you know, we love our church here. We are rooted here, but we start plugging in online and also watching during the week, we're watching these services from this other church that we love dearly. And very quickly, we notice um, something shifting spiritually, like in our home and with our own behaviors, mm-hmm. um, these sermons that we're listening to and what's being taught, like it's the word of God, right? Like these sermons are so heavy with the word of God and the practical application of what that looks like as a Christian in your daily life. And things just start to shift and it's tangible. And then we start to realize what the concept of a daily encounter really means. And that is when things I would say, again, radically shifted for us, especially myself, I will say, Um, Because, you know, it gets hard. Like as a mom, we can make every excuse in the book. I've got four kids at home, homeschooled. I'm with them 24 hours a day. My husband's gone five full days a week, only home for 24 hours. And I, um, I just excuses there, there were none. There's no reason for me to not have at least five minutes in God's word. And so this just kept getting drilled into us, uh, daily encounter, daily encounter, daily encounter. And that does not mean, um, five minutes of listening to the Bible on my phone or reading it really quickly. That means at least five minutes. I mean, I aim for 15, mm-hmm. uh, of prayer and quiet time with the Lord encountering him, being with him genuinely yeah. and being in his word, asking him to reveal his truth and his truth alone. Every time I open that Bible, I pray over it you know, Lord, reveal your truth and your truth alone. Do not let my fleshly interpretation come through. This is your word. And, um, that, that was a turning point that was drastic for myself and just the spiritual health of our home. Hmm. And I couldn't get enough. And that was when I began to really realize that the Bible is not just a book of words. It's not just a book you toss on the shelf or you read when you kind of feel like you want to, or you have extra time. It is as vital as drinking water. It is as vital as eating food and sleep and all these things. I cannot function without the word of God. And the more that you are in his word and you are prayerful and encountering him, that word is alive. And even as a believer, you know, before I I was a believer, of course, I was like, oh, you know, it's garbage. It's trash. I would never read it. I had burned one. Okay. I have repented for that, but (laughs) um, in full transparency, you know, it was like, absolutely not. I'd thrown them in the trash that they've been given to us over the years by Christian friends. And now I'm, I'm, I'm reading God's word and I'm like, wow, this is real. This is real. It is alive. It is living word. Jesus is the living water. His word is real and alive. And it is the most incredible, supernatural, just tangible shift that happens when you realize that and you are, you are in it. And at that point, I also began to realize though, that, um, so much of God's word is cherry picked. And so we see people who cherry pick scripture, um, and use it as a weapon. And we see people that cherry pick scripture to suit their flesh or suit where they're at. And that was when I began to realize that, um, when we're in God's word, we need to understand the context. We need to understand the culture. Um, and that there's more to this than just flipping a page open and being like, Oh, okay. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Like, no, what does that mean? (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. What do these parables mean? What does God's word mean? And um, I I dove in to the Old Testament first, which that's that doesn't surprise me with my personality type. <laughs> um, and I had to I've had to kind of rein myself back because I do think as a, a newer Christian, when I jumped into the Old Testament, I did slip a bit into that legalistic side of the word but it gave me a respect for the law. It gave me a respect of understanding when I'm reading the gospels now, like, what is this talking about? And I know that everyone has a different way that they dive into the word, but for me, reading and understanding the old Testament and that law gave me 
fresh eyes at when I was reading the gospels, because it was like, oh my, like this gives me a respect for why it's written for or why Jesus came, you know, like I can't imagine reading the gospels first, which that's what Robert did. He read the gospels first and he's like, I can't imagine reading the OT first, you know? And so it just, it's just different for everyone, but that was my journey in God's word. Um, and it was, it was just really beautiful for me to go that way through it. Um, and very quickly reading the new Testament, I began to backpedal out of that kind of legalistic, like, okay, I understand. I understand now God's grace and mercy and goodness. And, um, gosh, okay. Where was I going? <laughs> I just get very excited about this because there is so it's just, it's, it's so good. Like his word is just so good. And, oh, um, I want to go back to cherry picking scripture. So, um, the more that I was diving in and understanding the, the, the cultural pieces of the Bible and context, the more that was revealed to me. And that's, that's one of the reasons, you know, like, I think if you're just trying to pick up the Bible and you're not being intentional, encountering the Lord and being prayerful, um, and asking his spirit to lead you, you're going to just read a book. You're just going to read a book of words, you know? Um, and so I think that that's kind of where Robert and I also in our walk have, have had frustrations or felt like something is lacking just in the body of Christ in general, because people are not reading their Bibles. Believers are not in the word. And if they would just be in the word, I know that so much would be revealed to them. Um, and their walk would just be richer, you know, walking closer with the Lord. And that changes everything. There's yeah. nothing that we can do. Um, you know, we, we can strive all we want, but that's, that's not it. It's God that's going to convict our hearts. And his word does that. When you hear his word preached, when you're in it, his word will convict you and his word will sanctify you. And it's just this beautiful process that happens um, in his time for you. And it's different for everyone. That's so good. So you went from burning Bibles to treasuring <laughs> the word of God. I absolutely love that. Um, that's, it's so true because we are, our culture is conditioned and, and like mainstream Christianity definitely approaches the Bible. Like we do TikTok or Instagram where we want to yeah open it up and find something that makes us feel good for a few seconds and then say like, that was great. It put me in a good mood for the day and like, yay God, and then move on. And that's not at all how the Bible was intended to be approached. Right. And so we, it's so cheap when we approach it like TikTok, right. Yeah. And, and it's so, probably the best word for that. Yeah. yeah. And it's so rich when we approach it, like it's the living word of God. Like it's a it's a um, privilege to get to encounter the living word of God every day. When we And when we approach it like with a high view of what it is and who it is we get to meet with, that's where the transformation comes, right? Like that's where it's like, this is such a gift. Why would I not want to do this every day? This is such a privilege that like I've been granted access to have the Holy Spirit illuminate the words of God because of what Christ did for me. And so now I get to have a daily encounter instead of, because when I was younger, uh, there's nothing wrong with devotionally approaching the word of God necessarily where you, it it does help alleviate anxiety or it maybe sometimes does help you to reframe some thoughts maybe that you're having. And so it, sometimes it does have the effect of improving your mood, right? But we're, we're, we're taught to approach it that way. And I remember as like a teenager feeling disappointed sometimes when you're reading through something that is not going to make you feel good that day at how that like did my quiet time like not work you know like it was that transactional exchange where you feel like well if I'm gonna put in five minutes reading this then it's going to make me feel good and if that didn't happen then it's yeah. like discouragement with God's word of like well I was reading something and it didn't really like it was just weird and it didn't make me feel good right and that's yeah. not that's not how it was intended to be approached right it transforms us when we stop treating it like the the slot machine, right? <laughs> like, let's see what we can come up with. Yeah. yeah. And if it doesn't give us what we want, then we stop approaching it. We start, sometimes we stop approaching it at all. Right. And it turns into that's a chore and it doesn't really seem worth it. And it doesn't really do anything for me. And so why would I do that when I could turn on the radio or go to Instagram and feel better? And it's yeah. not really about, it's not always about our feelings, you know? So that's awesome. Um, Man, well, I love this so much. Right? That I want to say 
something else that really shifted my perspective, pretty much what you just said um, about, you know, transactional versus transformational. Um, but when I realized that I get to have a relationship with God, that he's my father, that there is a relationship to be had, that was also when things really shifted because I'm spending this time in his word, building a relationship with him. And I think so often, especially in Western Christianity, we treat the Lord like a genie. Yes. It's like, oh, yep. You know, I just, I want this now. I'm just going to pray now and it's going to happen. Or um, we think we can just pull this verse. And like you said, it's going to give us maybe temporary. It's going to give us a little bit of a temporary high of some kind or peace, but that's not the foundation. That's not going to give us relationship. And that's not going to give us the solid foundation that we need as believers in Christ. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I have two questions to wrap up. One, have you found a Bible that you like that you can recommend <laughs> to others? Do you have one that you love now? Okay. So yes, I love, um, I have the Jesus Bible. I wish I had okay. it. I've seen you post that before. Yeah. I love the Jesus Bible. Um, and that's what I'm using now, okay. but I would love to get a CSB version. Um, I've been looking at a few of those. I don't know if you've ever seen the Hosanna revival. Yes. Those, are, oh, those Bibles are beautiful. Yeah, they're gorgeous. I love that. The Jesus Bible is like, it points to, it like helps you draw that there's Jesus reflected in every story, right? Isn't that kind of the point of it? It's like everything points to Christ. It's got the timeline of everything. And that's kind of a neat thing. Like yeah. it just, it, um, especially when I got it two years ago at that point, it was, it was just neat to me because it really, in the beginning um, of each book of the Bible, it breaks down like, okay, here we are in the timeline. Here's the history. Yeah. I like that. I like to know exactly, you know, all of those details. Yeah. Um, whereas like the first Bible that was sent was just your, your typical small black Bible. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. I just, you know, for me, I have found that, that in my study, I like this Bible better. Yeah. Um, but I would like the CSB version. I have read um, that that seems to be That's potentially more accurate. And so I'm, I'm looking into that currently, but for now I do really love the Jesus Bible. Yeah. So cool. Awesome. Okay. Last thing, this is a bonus. I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this ahead of time. <laughs> um, what, what would you say to the person, the woman who's listening, who feels discouraged in her life about maybe the urgency that she doesn't feel? Because you talked about how urgency has been a huge theme for you and something that the Lord has given you. And I feel like if you could just say something to that person who feels like, man, I don't have urgency, what would you say to that person? Hmm. I would say the biggest thing is going day by day, step by step, not putting pressure on yourself um, because that urgency is not, it's not a performance. And so I would say the biggest thing, um, well, first and foremost, cry out to your father. Truly, that's where it starts. Um, cry out to him. Just start talking to him daily, no matter what it looks like. Um, it doesn't need to be some religious thing. It doesn't need to be um, even in always in quiet time. While that would be ideal, I have four children and it doesn't always look like that. There are days I don't get up before them more often than not. Right. Um, I have found some of my best conversations with the Lord have been when I am just making dinner in the kitchen and I have five extra minutes. And I think just taking any preconceived notion out of it, what you think it's supposed to look like would be the biggest mm -hmm. step there. And just going day by day, start talking to your father, cry out to him, Abba father, know that he's your father and he hears you. He hears everything. He knows everything and he knows your heart. And I, I think that um, shifting your heart posture would be the biggest thing here. Once you shift your heart to him and you believe that he hears you, everything will begin to shift slowly but surely. Um, and that, that really, that relationship, building that relationship above all else, because the urgency and everything else it'll still, it'll still be there, right? Like the world's still going to be there. The times we live in, they're still going to be here. Um, but your, your father and, and building that relationship with him, letting that transform your heart, that would be the biggest thing. 
that would that would be the way to that urgency. I hope that answers that question. Yeah, that's perfect. I love it. All right, Miranda, thank you so much for being first and for saying yes and for sharing your story. This was so good. Exceeded all of my hopes and dreams for. <laughs> for so, so thank you so much. Um, you guys share this episode with your friends. Share this with somebody who needs to know the Lord or who needs to come back to Him. I hope that this blesses and encourages you so much. And I cannot wait to um, share this far and wide and have more and more women on to share their stories, to teach us what God's done in their life and and how you can pursue him too. So um, read the show notes. I'll link all of the things we mentioned, the Bibles and all of the things. And Miranda, tell us how we can find you. Where where do you hang out? Where do you share um, where people could could follow you if they want to? Um, well, for now, I just have my Instagram handle. It's Miranda Louise Haslam. I don't, you can probably put that in the, I can link it. Yeah. yeah get in uh, the, the notes. Um, but hopefully that'll change this year. So we'll see. Um, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. But for now, that's where you can find me. Awesome. All right. Well, you guys follow Miranda. She's an awesome friend and encourager, as you know, on fire for the Lord. And I hope that just hearing her story, I know that y'all are in love with her already and want to hear more from her. So um, thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next time. Okay, you guys, wasn't that so good? I know that that blessed you and that you love Miranda and her story so much. I don't even have to ask if, or say that I hope that it blessed you. I just know that it did. Um, I have kept thinking and reflecting over so many things that Miranda and I talked about in our conversation. I've texted her multiple times, just so excited to get this episode out into the world. And I love that you listened along with us and that her story is reaching ears. We prayed before we recorded this episode that it would reach the ears that it was meant to. And we have full belief that it's going to. With that said, if you had someone come to mind or whose name was put on your heart while you were listening to Miranda's story, would you please take the bold step and send it to them and just ask them to consider giving it a listen? You never know whose life will change by hearing somebody else's story. And so if, if you had someone come to mind, please send this episode to them. It could really change the direction of their path in life. All right. That's all we have for today, you guys. I'm so thankful that you listened and hung out with us. And you can find this podcast anywhere that podcasts are played. We are on Spotify. We are on Apple. You can find us on our website, all kinds of places. And I will put in the show show notes all of the places that you can find us and keep up with us. Uh, You can find me on Instagram. It's Hannah B. Shanks is my handle. And I'm on there all the time talking about all of the things that I love including this podcast and what will be coming up in future episodes and discussions that we have. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today and we'll see you next time.